Today's podcast is brought to you by Howie's new book, Paperboy. To order today, go to HowieCarshow.com and click on store. Better strap yourself in. It's time for the Howie Car Show. There are new calls for the president of Harvard to step down. Members of the school paper's editorial board wrote a dissent and said, for Harvard's sake, it's time to let gay go. The Harvard Crimson, a student-run newspaper out of Harvard, is now reporting that their president, embattled President Claudine Gay, is set to resign imminently. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. Live from the Matthews Brothers Studios. I'm curious, what sort of holiday foods have you been enjoying over the last few days? Choco Cannon. Eating a lot of chicken, chicken parmesan. I've been eating all all Italian foods, basically. And ice cream. And ice cream. Chocolate chip ice cream. I want a double-dip waffle cone with chocolate, vanilla chocolate chip. Rump swabs, hacks, and moon bats beware. It's... Howie Carr. Welcome to the Howie Car Show, 844-500-4242. If you'd like to join us this afternoon, I'm Taylor Cormier, Howie's executive producer, and I'll be filling in the rest of this week. Howie is back on Monday. I will not be here Monday. I will be uh, out of town on Monday, so I get, I get a short respite, and you get a short respite from me on Monday, but I'll be back Tuesday, 844-500-4242. Oh, boy. So Claudine Gay is stepping down from her presidency after more allegations of plagiarism over the weekend, over the holiday weekend. A whistleblower came forward and said that there's actually 50 more cases of plagiarism that I can easily point to and gave citations for each one of them. At least six of them have been verified to be plagiarized, and that was just enough. Claudine said, all right, you guys, you guys win. I'll be uh, I'll be stepping down. Fine. I'm I'm just surprised that this is what it took to push her over the top. And uh, it, it wasn't the anti-Semitism. It wasn't supporting pro-Hamas students or faculty members at Harvard University. It wasn't uh, saying that you could be openly anti-Semitic on the campus and not worry about any repercussions from those words. But if, if you took action, if you took up arms against your your fellow students or faculty members or whomever it may have been, that's when we may have done something, I guess. But if you if you just said that you wanted to uh, see the end of the state of Israel, that was completely fine, according to Claudine Gay. And but as I said, this is this is just a stepping stone for her. This is this is not even a setback in her career. This is this needed to happen. This was a point of progress, a touchstone, or as Joe Biden would say, an inflection point in her career, because this is something that he's experienced during his career back in 1987. It was found that he had plagiarized multiple speeches from both Kennedy brothers, JFK and Robert Kennedy, and had plagiarized probably much, much more. Uh, most famously, of course, is the uh, Neil Kinnock speech, where he said he was, uh, you know, came out of the coal mines in Pennsylvania. And uh, th- that was 
uh, one of the the tipping points for his first candidacy for the president of the United States. But here he is. Uh, this is in 1987 when these were dug up. These tapes were these speeches were looked at more closely and compared to um, JFK and Robert F. Kennedy. I believe this is probably uh, Robert Kennedy's speech on education. Here it is. Cannot measure the health of our children, the quality of our education, the joy of their play. This is how it sounded when Robert Kennedy said those words in 1968. Yet the gross national product does not allow for the health of our children, the quality of their education, or the joy of their play. And there are so many other... We, we might as well play the Neil Kinnock speech as well. There's so many uh, other instances of plagiarism throughout Joe Biden's career. So Claudine Gay has absolutely nothing to worry about. This needed to happen. Let's hear Neil Kinnock's speech via Joe Biden. I started thinking as I was coming over here, why is it that Joe Biden is the first in his family ever to go to a university? Why is it that my wife is sitting out there in the audience is the first in her family to ever go to college? People in Britain would have been familiar with those words. They heard the same ones in a political commercial from Labor Party leader Neil Kinnock. Why am I the first Kinnock in a thousand generations to be able to get to university? Why is Glennis the first woman in her family in a thousand generations? Biden saw the Kinnock commercial and evidently loved it. Oh, because of his many jaunts over to Ireland, of course he saw that commercial. Oh, boy. He, and he thought he was doing his family right, probably, by that, you know, honoring his heritage. He, was, he wasn't, he wasn't uh, plagiarizing. He was just quoting a great Irish poet who was, had yet to be discovered. Oh, good grief. 844-542-42. So, of course, the uh, mainstream media, the the bow-tied bum kissers, as Howie calls them, the elites in media, they are coming forward, even people that I've never heard of, and, and just giving all kinds of excuses for Claudine Gay's plagiarism. Not her anti-Semitism, because that's really not defensible at all. But they're, you know how they get around that is by not even mentioning that at all. Boston Globe, um, Harvard President Claudine Gay is resigning. Follow for details. That was the headline. Uh, let's see. What else? I know I had New York Times around here somewhere. They, they had a doozy of a headla- headline as well. Oh, yes. Harvard President resigns after mounting plagiarism accusations. Was that all? Was that all it was? Just the mounting plagiarism? I think it was a little bit more than that. She resigned a day after new plagiarism accusations were published in an unsigned complaint in the conservative outlet, the Washington Free Beacon. The Boston Globe today, Gay's resignation in controversy after a tenure that had just reached six months, is an embarrassment for the nearly 400-year-old university and its powerful oversight board known as the Harvard Corporation. Since October 7th, Gay has pinballed from one controversy to another, never managing to fully resolve the last before the next arose. Began with withering criticism that her initial statement about the Hamas-led attack on Israel was late and weak, 
and then escalated with allegations that she was too slow to respond to reports of resurgent campus anti-Semitism. Finally, allegations emerged last month that she had committed plagiarism in some of her scholarly works. Where does it get to? Oh, yes. Right-wing leaders denounce universities as incubators of a rigid progressive ideology at odds with meritocracy and open debate. The partisan rancor and a sense that right-wing elements were weaponizing, weaponizing, Gay's missteps to fight other ideological battles scrambled internal debates, especially among faculty, about the gravity of the plagiarism claims and the seriousness of her misstep at the congressional hearing. Weaponizing, seizing, pouncing those dirty right-wing elements, as the Boston Globe calls them, 844-500-4242. Here's something that is... Uh, This is just flat-out funny. It's not plagiarism. It's just copying other people's writings without attribution. That's how Matt Egan over at CNN put it. Cut 10, Jared. These plagiarism allegations uh, where Claudine Gay has had to issue corrections, um, multiple corrections. Corrections. Now, we should note that um, Claudine Gay has not been accused of stealing anyone's ideas in any of her writings. Uh, She's been accused of sort of more like uh, copying uh, other people's writings without attribution. So it's been more sloppy attribution than stealing anyone's ideas. But nonetheless, you, you put all of that together. Let's see. The dictionary defines plagiarism as the practice of taking someone else's work or ideas and passing them off as one's own. Uh, So according to Matt Egan, somebody I've never heard of, Claudine Gay did not plagiarize. She just copied other people's writings without attribution, which is literally the definition of plagiarism, as I just read to you. It wasn't plagiarism. It was just sloppy at best. Dave, you're next on the Howie Carr Show. Go ahead, Dave. I, uh, so let me get this straight. She gets to keep her six- or seven-figured, full-tenured professorship because this is the kind of person you want teaching at Harvard. I hope every kid that was ever expelled for plagiarism, they got to get together with a class-action lawsuit and sue the you-know-what yeah. out of Harvard. Yeah, I, I, I mean, that, that's an embarrassing uh, thing to do if, if you're somebody that's been accused of that. But apparently it works. Again, as I said, it's a stepping stone for a lot of people. Um, and Claudine Gay will, will uh, benefit from this, I'm sure. Uh, maybe, maybe book rights are being secured. But you're, you're absolutely right, Dave. There, there should be some talk about, hey, can I get my scholarship back or can can I re-enroll in, in classes that I was uh, summarily thrown out of for plagiarizing? Because apparently that's accepted p- practice over at uh, Harvard University. Great point. Thanks for the call. 844-500-4242. Tom, you're next on the Howie Carr Show. Go ahead, Tom. Uh, thank you, Taylor. I've actually got two Harvard degrees, and, and was never prouder of the Crimson, which I was an editor of many, many years ago. But um, So I have some interesting insights. But one, you, you missed a Boston angle to this nexus between Claudine Gay and Joe Biden, which is that Wilmer Hale, which helped move Joe's documents around, including moving them up to Boston, 
also provided the briefing and prep for Claudine Gay in front of U.S. Congress. Is that so? so wow. This a, so this is a bad day, not just for, it's a bad day for another Boston institution, which no one seems to have picked up on. Well, and there's there's your uh, there's your connection bet- exactly between uh, Joe Biden and Claudine Gay. Uh, their their similarities in their careers are so striking. They're actually using the same person for their dirty work. Thanks very much for the call, Tom. I appreciate that information. We'll be right back. I'm Taylor Cormier. More of your calls coming up right here on the Howie Carr Show. Howie Carr. We'll be right back. The Emperor of Hate, Howie Carr, is back. Welcome back to the Howie Carr Show, 844-500-4242. Every week, we uh, get all kinds of missives, letters, comments, emails, every sort of communication, and uh, they aren't always as as loving and uh, honorable as some of the others are. And we collect those and, well, Hate Mail Monday was born. It's time for Howie Carr's Hate Mail Monday. Yesterday was a holiday. We had the day off, and so we will now have Hate Mail Monday on a Tuesday. And in studio is Grace Curley once again to deliver the hate mail. She's the hate mail courier. Yes, I am. And you know what I'm going to start with? So last week when you were filling in, I read a story during Grace's News about the lottery. Yes. And it was supposed to be a quick, you okay, know, are we going into this again? fun story. Yeah. And you ended up going with that for about two hours maybe more and not by my the callers wanted to convince me that i was wrong yes and i just wanted to read you some of the comments that you received that day taylor (laughs) don't make stats your day job everyone selects their lottery numbers and then there's a single drawing time has nothing to do with anything Mm -hmm. Um, another person said in response to me having to sit with you during grace's news mm. this poor girl must be a joy to hang out with blah 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 was that about you no saying like oh this poor girl she oh. has to deal with him blah, I think. blah 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 well she only has to hang out with me <laughs> during you know the week and uh I guess I do see one. I'm trying to make a case for my wife. Oh, you also... You I also, think my wife gets up easy in this situation. I'm here 10 hours a day. You also got into a lot of hate when, oh. you, when you started talking about the Civil War. Oh, of course. And someone said, you need to go back to school and take a civic lesson. The Civil War was fought for states' rights. Slavery was an anecdote. Oh, stop it. Another person said, Taylor, stick with your gigs. Doing your poor Frank impressions along with the Trump ones not, you I'm do not, poorly. I'm not an impressionist. Go home. That's what they said. Okay, now let's get to the voicemails. This one actually goes, this one covers all of the staff. People so we'll, love my Trump impersonation. And they I, do, and it's very I good. I say it's, it's not spot on, it's a caricature. It's very okay. good. It's one of the best ones I've ever heard. Well, thank you. Yeah. Um, this is cut one. Oh, great. We're starting off the new year with Tucker Taylor. Yeah. 
Maybe we should focus on the rest of the staff. Robotic co-worker. There's Jar Jar Jared. I actually, um, I was in the NBA. Sure you were. <laughs> Once in a while, we'd have SpaghettiOs, and they would creep me out. Okay. Don't talk to strangers, but please sit on this strange old man in a red suit's lap, because he's going to climb into your house. Bah humbug. <laughs> they have a dom that made him do this? A dom? Yeah, like a dominatrix. Oh, you know the lingo, man. Are you Are you an abdul? No. no. I've never worn a diaper since... <laughs> Grew out of them, I guess. They make adult diapers. <laughs> yeah, I will never wear one. All right. Matt, shut up. I don't want to hear from you. What a clown show. That's for sure. Matt! <laughs> Matt, you're like barely ever on the microphone, and that's what you talked about? <laughs> Wowzers. Okay, let's go to cut two, please, Jared. Put the kibosh on, Grace. The kibosh. Good God, I thought you were Seinfeld fans. The kibosh. There's a whole episode about the kibosh. They must have, it's not random either. It's, they say it like 15 times. The kibosh. The kibosh. Put the kibosh on. But world's biggest fan, Seinfeld fan, Grace Curley. I never said. Kibosh. I never uh, said. Okay. I never said I was the world's biggest Seinfeld fan. I never said that in a million years. I like Seinfeld. Why do I have to be the biggest fan? By the way, if you think that's my worst pronunciation, I said Okala the other day instead of Ocala. And I didn't so, correct you. Yeah, but uh, trust me, I got some emails about it. I'm sure you did. I just want to say for the record. And I think you did correct me. You asked, and then I corrected you. Uh, I want to say for the record that even since before I was working here, I loved that guy's voice. I think he has, that caller has the perfect voice for Hate Mail Monday. And he's good for the chump line too, but he's got a great hate voice. Well, let's see what you think about the voice of number four. Taylor Cormier. Producer of the Howie Car Show, powered by nightmare fuel. <laughs> You're such a wuss. I'm a wuss? I beg to differ. And we'll have one more, please, Jared. <laughs> Cut three. Hate Mail Monday on the last Friday of the year. What are you running for Secretary of State, Grace? I don't think we did hate mail on a Friday. No, I think I had said something, and then you had said, that's going to end up in Hate Mail Monday. Maybe that was on a Friday that that was said. Oh, yeah. Got it. Okay. And I also have another one here. Um, This one was under my Facebook feed. Hey, Valley Girl, stop twirling your hair. People get very Is that something you do? I did it. I was in a phase last week. I was just kind of twirling it. I was talking to people, interviewing people, and I just, I don't know. I went through a moment. But you can't get away with anything with the cameras nowadays. No, you can't. You really can't. You don't have to watch the show. I mean, we appreciate the viewership, but we, you can just listen if you want. Oh, and I, I should mention, someone else wrote in this week, um, time to get your roots done, Grace. Which, honestly, they're not wrong. <laughs> it's it's that time. All right. Well, there you have it. Hate Mail Monday on a Tuesday. Thanks, Grace. Thank you. We'll be back with much more. This is the Howie Car Show. From the Matthews Brothers Studios. Today's poll question is brought to you by MyPillow. Howie loves MyPillow's products. He sleeps with their pillows, wears their slippers, dries off with their towels. Now you can enjoy all of their products with great discounts by using the code Howie at MyPillow.com. From pillows, towels, slippers, and even their Giza dream sheets, go to MyPillow.com and use code Howie 
for amazing discounts. Jared, what is the poll question and what are the results thus far? Today's poll question, which you can vote in at HowieCarshow.com, is did Donald Trump make the right decision by foregoing the primary debates? I think so. I think early on I was selfish and I wanted to see and still do want to see him just completely obliterate his competition, not just through Truth Social, but live on the debate stage because it just made for great sound cuts. And great memories, if I'm being honest. But uh, yes, he did make the right decision. 88% of the audience agrees with you. 844-500-4242. Frank, you're next on the Howie Car Show. Go ahead, Frank. Hi, Taylor. Hey. Uh, I would like to see less emphasis put on Claudine Gay's plagiarism and more emphasis put on what our institutes of higher learning have become. They knew what she was when they hired her, maybe not the plagiarism, but they hired her for her IQ, which stands for Identity Qualifications. She's left-wing, she, she's checked all the boxes, and I've got a feeling that they'll replace her with a non-plagiarizing clone. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what uh, what they're going to replace her with, but certainly I, I think that the uh, the Harvard Corporation, they're going to have to do a much better job of vetting their new president, whoever it may be. But honestly, did you expect anything less? This is the same, the same school, the same higher learning center that hired Elizabeth Warren, because she said she was a Native American, and she taught one week of courses for one semester to the tune of six figures. And that's all you have to do. And that's when you make it. That's, that's DEI. That's, that's DEI before it had a name. But a lot of people are speculating whether this is the year DEI is going to die because we're you know coming into the new year and Claudine Gay has... Uh, stepped down from her post as president of Harvard. I don't think so. I think DEI continues to hold its ground. I don't think you're seeing the last of DEI or, or the social credit system that's uh, being in that's in place right now. And a lot of these companies uh, holding true to the uh, the system where you know you have all these basically carbon credits for your your social activities, your your do good activities, your, your activities of goodwill, you know, fundraising and contributing and are you uh, making the right contributions to the right groups, that score. Um, there's going to be a lot more of that, I feel, as, as we continue to catapult towards whatever we're catapulting towards. 844-500-4242. Let's have another astute estimation of Claudine Gay's ouster from her presidency over at over at Harvard University. This is Rahima Ellis on MSNBC, and she is truly heartbroken that Claudine Gay is no longer president. Cut 11. It's historic in a lot of ways. She was recruited to Harvard back in 2006 as a professor from government. She had come from 2000, 2005. She was mm -hmm. at Stanford University, uh, assistant of political science in the political science department. And she was heralded. This was a highly celebrated decision to appoint her as the head of Harvard University, the college. And now, as I said uh, earlier, it is also historic that she is stepping down. The controversy uh, seemingly too much to bear. 
the controversy is too much to bear. So things got a little too hot for Claudine. That was just too much. These accusations were too much. It wasn't the anti-Semitism. It wasn't the plagiarism, the abundance of evidence of plagiarism. It was just the controversy around it. It wasn't her fault. It's your fault for making it a problem. That's historic. And you notice in her letter, which I read in the first hour, if you want to go back and listen to it on the podcast, wherever you get your Howie Car Show podcast, any platform, there were no mea culpas. There were no, uh, I, I regret my actions. There, there was no um, fretting over uh, anything that she had done, anything that she had said, she, you know, basically just just took the easy way out and said, "This is, uh, you know, this is such a, a crazy time in the world, and I'm a victim of that." You know, I, I had I had hoped to bring people together, but it seems that people are being divisive around me, and I just don't get it. Claudine, you were the problem. And by the way, to Rayma Ellis said that, you know, her hiring was historic and her ascent to the presidency at Harvard was historic. Well, of course she got there. She lied every step of the way about who she was, about the work that she had accomplished, about the articles that she had written, the ideas that she had. She didn't give anybody attribution. She literally, not literally, she figuratively stood on the shoulders of people before her that had done the work, that had done the research, that had come up with their own ideas, had spent many hours reading and and, uh, learning and understanding and trying to get their heads around these ideas that, that they were concocting. And she just still, she stole them. She sloppily stole them, as uh, Matt Egan said. He didn't say stole, but he said she was just sloppy. She she wasn't plagiarizing. It was just more like copying other people's writings without attribution. That's not plagiarizing, according to Matt Egan over at CNN. 844-500-4242. Mike, you're next on the Howie Car Show. Go ahead, Mike. Hey, um, I don't know. Maybe my memory doesn't serve me right, but um, isn't there a code of ethics um, in the Harvard Medical and Harvard Law, and also a panel that uh, holds students and teachers to the higher standards of any Ivy League school in the nation, never mind the world. I mean, do you really buy so that, how, though? How have, have they been well, enforcing that at all? That's exactly what I'm trying to say. So basically, Harvard has turned into its own banana republic because their standards are pretty bad. I mean, we all knew that with with uh, uh, Elizabeth Warren. But, I mean, you know, this would have all been null and void if this lady had just, you know, in front of Congress said, yeah, I wouldn't stand for it as president of Harvard. I don't want that in my school. And all this would be gone. This, there wouldn't even, it would be nothing. But, of course, the three presidents of these Ivy League schools, Harvard, Yale, and Penn, they, they had to do this educrat liberal baloney and basically side with the lunatics. I, I just don't get it. Well, but yeah, because they, they didn't want to revolt on their campuses. They didn't want the students coming. They'd rather take the, um, the criticism and the, uh, the, the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune on, uh, from, from the public at large rather than the student body, because at least 
if it's the if it's not the student body, they know they're on the right side of history because the students have begun dictating what the right side of history is. We played the cut last week, but Ronald Reagan, when he was uh, California governor, he was uh, he was on one of the I believe UC Berkeley, and there were riots going on there over civil rights. And he said, you know, that's free speech is fine, but the minute you let these people think that they had any power or control over what you do, over over any of the um, of the statutes that you hold here, or any of the rules, you gave up your right to. Uh, I'm butchering it, but he he said basically, you're you're to blame here to the faculty of UC Berkeley. Uh, because you let them think that they had power when they don't have power. They have rights to free speech, absolutely. But uh, you're the adults here. And what he says, what he said then is as prescient now as it ever was. And we're seeing that where the faculty, they're so scared of the student backlash that they are, they're willing to change their personas and their, their ideals, at least publicly, to fit the image that the student body wants them to fit into. Thanks very much for the call, Mike. Barry, you're next on the Howie Carr Show. Go ahead, Barry. Yes, um, I don't want to get sidetracked uh, on you, but I was just reading where the Jeffrey Epstein list is supposed to come out today or tomorrow. Haven't seen it yet. Do you think there's any Harvard grads on that list? I'm I'm sure there's quite a few Harvard grads on that list, Barry. Why do you ask? I'm just wondering, um, when do you think the list is going to come out? I just read something online that's going to come out either today or tomorrow. Yeah, it was supposed to come out today. Um, It was supposed to be unsealed today after the deadline had passed yesterday for complaints. And, you know, basically you were outing yourself as a client if you complained about the the list of Epstein clients being released. So I don't think anybody filed any complaints. It was supposed to be today. I haven't seen it. Um, I'm not sure when it's going to come out. I think they're they're hoping that this just goes away. But I'm not I'm not entirely sure, Barry. Thanks very much for the call. 844-500-4242. There was a flight log that was circulating. Now, that flight log is... Uh, has been public for several years and came out during, I believe, the Ghislaine Maxwell trial. And that showed a lot of people, including Bill Clinton and uh, President Trump, as as having flown on Epstein's plane. Now, we've been through this before where I, I believe Trump didn't fly with Epstein. He had borrowed Epstein's plane when Trump Force One, before it was dubbed Trump Force One, was in for repairs. He had known Epstein... Uh, through Mar-a-Lago, which he threw him out of because of his behavior towards some of the younger staff members at Mar-a-Lago. So he, but before that had happened, he had asked to use his plane because his was in repair. But there's no excusing how many times Bill Clinton flew on that plane and flying explicitly with Jeffrey Epstein. But yeah, that's a good question. I'm not sure when. Jared, do you know when we're going to see an Epstein client list? Uh, no, I've, I've been waiting like five years for this, so. I mean, so today point, was I'm, supposed I'm, to be like Christmas this, for you. This was second Christmas for me, but yeah, I, I don't know that we'll ever see the complete unredacted list, but hopefully something comes up soon. You think we'll see something? I don't know. Mm. Nor do I.
All right, uh, Tom, you're next on the Howie Car Show. Go ahead, Tom. Afternoon. Uh, I go with sign dog, but I just want to point Tom's out the fine. fact that uh, Harvard, University, Harvard University is a tax-exempt institution. They don't pay any property tax at all. And the fact of the matter is 18% of their operating budget comes from the federal government. Now, where does the federal government get their money? Got a mirror? Yeah, got a mirror, exactly. Can you believe that you know they put these people in office to do what they do and say what they say? And I went around the harbor dorms for years, you know, as a construction for a repair person, and all the students had their names and countries posted on the doors. And I spoke with a few of them, and probably every one of them that I talked to that wasn't from the United States was going to Harvard for the donut. So mm-hmm. all the kids that qualify with the marks that go to Harvard get passed over for this. And their parents are taxpayers. It's just, it's got to stop. Oh, yeah. There, there's got to be a serious overhaul. I mean, look look at uh, just last year, or maybe even, yeah, well, now it's last year, the whole instance with um, Asians not being admitted to Harvard simply because they were Asian. I mean, that... that uh, that was horrible. Uh, they they were refusing eligibility based on somebody's eth- ethnicity. That that was complete and total racism, and it was a commonly used practice, not just on the Harvard campus. But that was just one indicator of the code of ethics that uh, is being exercised over at Harvard University and all of these Ivy League schools. This kind of stuff goes on. It's it's just a playground for the elites. It's it's. I don't know. I, I wouldn't be proud to say my, my kid is, you know, from Harvard or went to a, an Ivy League school anymore. I don't think there's much merit to that whatsoever. I think that's that's quite indicative of, of the person. And yes, it is stereotyping to say that, oh, you're you're in Harvard, you're you're a complete elite liberal. Uh, but I don't think that's too far off the mark from the people that I've run into, except for some of the callers to this show that, that uh, like a few few callers ago who had two degrees from Harvard. And that's fine, but he's the exception, not the rule. Uh, the rule is is more than more often than not, they are people that you just can't stand to be around. But hey, what do I know? Eight four four five hundred forty two forty two. We'll take a break. Come back with more. I'm Taylor Cormier. This is the Howie Car Show. Become a Howie Car Show super fan. Subscribe to Howie's newsletter and you'll get the latest news, columns, cheap bastard deals, and other special offers from the Howie Car Show. Just enter your name and email at HowieCarshow.com. You're listening to the Howie Car Show. Welcome back to the Howie Car Show, 844-500-4242. So much more to get to today. Joe Biden had uh, some bizarre moments on New Year's Eve uh, in, a, in an interview with Ryan Seacrest. That was entertaining. We'll get to that after the chump line. There's uh, some other stuff going on as well that, that took place over the weekend that we can talk about too. But uh, we'll, we'll wrap up this hour with some more Calls on Claudine Gay and Bill. You're next on the Howie Car Show. Go ahead, Bill. Hi. Um, 
apparently uh, when this started, um, Obama put the call in for Harvard to retain gay, Claudine Gay. I'm actually very curious, has anyone ever looked at any of the papers that Obama wrote, uh, either as a graduate student or undergraduate student? I'd really like to see if how, um, first of all, whether his papers made sense, and second of all, if he plagiarized. That's that's an interesting question, Bill. I'm not sure if anybody's really looked at that. Maybe that's why he keeps all of his papers under lock and key. Um, you know, I can't imagine that he wrote all that much uh, because he only aspired by himself to the role of community organizer. It was that he was urged to run uh, for state senate, and then then uh, uh, he... he wound up uh, becoming president of the United States eventually. But I'm not sure that there's all that much of a deep pool to draw from, if you know what I mean. Thanks for the call, Bill. Bob, you're next on the Howie Carr Show. Go ahead, Bob. Yeah, Taylor, uh, thanks for taking my call. You know, uh, one thing I I can't help but feel about the aims of Harvard, when they took somebody like Lori Lightfoot and made her a professor, are you kidding me? I, I mean, I, I've got to think that much, many of these titles are, are really just ceremonial. They're just in name only. Like Dr. Jill Biden, please. Doctor of what? Uh, nobody apparently can find out where her class is held, uh, what she teaches. You know, she allegedly teaches at a community college, but uh, it's like Joe Biden's professorship. Nobody recalls having Joe Biden as their professor because he didn't have any pupils we'll be back this is the howie car show